part two of our response to an LDS defense of Joseph Smith's polyandry. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Welcome to part two of our discussion on Mormon polyandry with co-host Earl Erskine. Thanks Hello. again for helping out with this and participating. Yeah. And we continue to discuss <laughs> one of various explanations that justify Joseph Smith's 11 polyandrous plural marriages. Now, polyandry is when a female is married to more than one husband at the same time. Now, this discussion answers... Uh, an article that you can find at the link on the screen entitled, How Could Joseph Smith's Polyandrous Marriages Be Explained? That's at ldsanswers.org and was written by L. Hannah Stoddard. She has been a history teacher and here she defends Joseph Smith's marriages to married women. And part one, we discussed quite a bit. <laughs> we laid the foundation, biblical yeah. foundation, which she claims uh, to believe and that she claims Joseph Smith had a biblical worldview, which, of course, he did not. <clears throat> um, after reading how she handles the topic, we have to wonder that as a history uh, teacher, why did her research not include accurate biblical history or go to Bible, you know, genuine Bible concordances yeah, or lexicons or dictionaries, or, yeah. you know, for the words that she uses? Um, and without the Mormon filter, you know, that would be nice. Yeah, important. We ended last time on the Mormon belief that uh, Jesus Christ is God's son through sexual interaction between God the Father and Mary. Now, Stoddard alleges that their sexual activity between God and Mary is biblical justification for Joseph Smith's polyandry. Yeah. She quoted from several Mormon uh, sources claiming that God and Mary engaged in sexual relations, that they were husband and wife, and therefore it was okay for Joseph Smith to do what he did. Yeah, this was the basic premise of her whole argument. Uh -huh, exactly. And this is from Brigham Young. Mm -hmm. The birth of the Savior was as natural as are the births of our children. It was the result of natural action. He partook of flesh and blood, was begotten of his father, as we were of our fathers. Okay, now, <laughs> that was from Brigham Young. Of yeah. course, he himself didn't believe the Bible either. Brigham Young no. didn't. He didn't. And he, in one quote, he said he didn't even understand it. Now, another quote by another Mormon prophet, Joseph Fielding Smith. Yeah. Jesus was not the son of any mortal man. His biological father was God the Father. As Son of God, Jesus represents the Father and acts as his agent in all things. Now notice he says biological father yeah. was God the Father. Oh. There's that word literal, the word he didn't use literal, but biological right. is That's the same thing. It's, right. Yeah. Now there's more quotes by other and different Mormon officials, too many for us to even count or present, but they use quotes like this as evidence that Jesus is the literal Son of God by human sexual activity. We have a quote by Bruce R. McConkie saying that Mary had two husbands at the same time. Yeah, he's kind of famous for com com continuing on this idea that, yeah, Joseph, uh, that Mary had sex with God. Mary, perhaps the greatest woman to live on this earth, was married to two men at the same time, God the Father and Joseph. Her marriage to Joseph was for time, while her marriage with the Father was an unbreakable union that spanned into eternity. 
again, going into the Mormon doctrine as right. he filters through the Bible. Right. Now, Mary was not married to Joseph when she conceived. That's right. Okay? She was betrothed to him. And betrothal, of course, then was more of a commitment than, than we understand it to be today. But they cannot honestly say Mary had two husbands. Mary and Joseph didn't even come together as husband and wife until after Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing that says that Mary and God were husband and wife or that God had literal sex with her. Even Joseph Smith's Bible version doesn't say that. She goes into deep water <laughs> in the sexualization of our God. I felt like this was more deep mud, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Joseph Smith is the witness of Jesus Christ. We are not surprised that his life contains elements paralleling the Son of God. Joseph Smith's involvement in polyandry is a witness for his prophetic calling, not against. Now, that boggled my mind. I did. Me too. <laughs> she never presented any elements to back up her statement that Joseph Smith's life parallels the life of Jesus Christ. That's, that fringes on blas blasphemy, too. Yeah. Now, only the false premise that God the Father had sex with Mary um, can, can even come close to that. And, and how does that parallel anyway with Joseph and his many adulteries? Uh, right. When God said, thou shalt not commit adultery, he made no exceptions. He never condoned polygamy or commanded it. And how can God count contradicts himself? Now, she relies on the Bible. She said she does. Yeah. She said Joseph Smith relied on the Bible. She didn't give any exceptions of alleged corruption of the Bible. So let's check out God's testimony about himself from the Bible. She says she trusts. And I want to remind you that Joseph Smith did not know God better than God knows himself. This is from Numbers 13, 23, 19, mm -hmm. sorry. God is, not a man, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? God no. knows whether he's a man or not. That's true. He's revealed himself as not being a man. Did you catch that? Neither is he a son of man. God cannot lie, which means he can't contradict himself. Now, the Joseph Smith translation, Joseph Smith's version of the Bible, did not change, change that, that verse. verse. We have another one from 1 Samuel. Yeah, 1529. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Again, twice, God said he's not a man. And he doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. He is not indecisive. He doesn't have physical sexual activity with humans. Mm. And again, the Joseph Smith translation did not change that verse. Wow. And John 4.24 tells us that God is spirit. Yeah. Spirit, not man. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth. Very important. Yeah. Mormonism needs to understand that especially. Most members of, of the LDS church and Mormon polygamy groups are just followers of men who claim to know God, but they don't. Their leaders are imposters, they're counterfeiters, people who are lying to the members. And we hope that somehow those members who truly think that they're following the truth will discover the lies. But you can only do that by knowing the truth that it's all in the Bible. Yeah. There is access to it there. The idea that God had sex with Mary is on the same level as ancient Greek 
and Roman mythology. She claims that Joseph Smith had a biblical worldview, but he didn't. Um, Now, the one and only defense that she gives as a biblical reason for Joseph Smith to take married women as plural wives is that God had sex with Mary. It's the only defense she gives. Hmm. Therefore, she had two husbands. It's the only reference she gives to justify Joseph Smith's actions. That's not enough especially considering its contradictory content and the wrong definition of the Son of God and the false premise that the Bible teaches Jesus is the literal Son of God. Her article moves on to the Mormon doctrine of a pre-mortal life. Now, sadly, she only quotes fallible humans on this doctrine because she couldn't quote the Bible. It's not there. There's not a single place in all of the Bible that confirms or describes a pre-mortal existence of humanity. And this from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 46 and 47. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Now, we've pointed out, we've read this on previous shows, sure. and as we've done this topic in the past, and we've pointed out that this, in Joseph Smith's translation, he did not change this verse. No. He didn't change it at all. So if there was a pre-mortal life, why didn't he change it? Uh, there was no pre-mortal life in the spirit world before we were born here. But notice verse 47. The first man, Adam, was from the earth, not heaven. He was made from dust. Yeah. If he had a pre-mortal existence, he wouldn't have been from the earth, right? Right. <laughs> the New Testament makes it clear that Jesus is the only man, only human born who is from heaven. Read the Gospel of John without the Mormon filter and you'll be pleasantly surprised at what it really teaches mm. about Jesus. And if the author of this article truly takes the Bible literally, as she claims, then she would take verse 47 at face value and understand we are from the earth, the same as Adam was. Yep. She quotes several times from Joseph Smith's polyandrous plural wives. We're going to use one quote from Mary Elizabeth Rollins' Leitner, who had two husbands at the same time. In 1834, Joseph was commanded to take me for a wife. I was a thousand miles from him. He got afraid. The angel came to him three times, the last time with a drawn sword and threatened his life. I did not believe. If God told him so, why did he not come and tell me? Brigham Young sealed me to him for time and all eternity in February of 1842. Joseph said I was his before I came here, and he said all the devils in hell should never get me from him. Joseph made known to me that God had commanded him in July of 1834 to take me for a wife, but he had not dared to make it known to me, for when he received the revelation, I was in Missouri, and when he did see me, I was married. But he was again commanded to fulfill the first revelation or suffer condemnation, for I was created for him before the foundation of the earth was laid. It's a confusing God that would allow all of this and command all of this activity. First of all, the kind of intimidation and threats that Joseph Smith used are not what the angels of God are all about. Yeah, I think those are his words, not hers, you know. <laughs> that the angel of God came. Yeah, and, yeah. and that you were, 
I was created for him before the foundation Mary of the Elizabeth earth was Leidner laid. Mary said that. Yeah, yeah. she said that. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Joseph Smith already had been had been had plural wives. Yes. Uh, when he claimed the angel threatened him, so why <laughs> would he have to have been threatened? Right. And third, God would never ever command a married man to take a married woman as a plural wife. That's totally against the character of God. And consider this also when the prophet Jonah neglected to obey God, he sent a fish, not a destroying <laughs> angel. The, the author, in response to Leitner's story, said this. One of the purposes of these marriages was to restore families to their proper order as existed before this life. Really? Yeah. I mean, what logic? Yeah. She, she not only didn't do thorough research of the Bible, which she says she takes literally, but she also neglected very important parts of the Book of Mormon. This is what the Book of Mormon says about the purpose of polygamy. Jacob 2.30 If I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up seed unto me, I will command my people. Otherwise they shall hearken unto these things. From okay. the Book of Mormon. Yeah, the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So, and that the context of Jacob too is polygamy. Don't right. do it, he said. Yeah. Don't do it. You are not. You can't do it. It's, it's an abomination to me. Right. You you will be condemned if you do it, and so and on and so forth. You break the hearts of the women, uh, and the yeah. chil your children, and yeah. right. And and then he says in in verse thirty, unless I want to raise up seed, you won't right. do it. Right. Okay. So beginning with the wrong premise, remember, ends up in gross error. And that's exactly what's going on in this article. Thinking that God needs to raise up children is the only reason that he'll have, But that's the Book of Mormon view. Yeah. So why, you know, so why would Joseph Smith marry married women? Women that are already married. And can have children with their legal husbands. She doesn't need... No. I mean, it just all falls apart. And there's no premortal existence. Even Joseph Smith's Bible version says that. There's no place in the Bible that uses the concept... Of, G, be, of Jesus being God's literal son or Mary's husband. Right. And there's no place in the Bible or the Book of Mormon that says God is a man that can and does have sexual relations with humans, humans who are supposed to be his own children. <laughs> and there's no place in the Bible or the Book of Mormon that suggests, commands, condones polygamy or polyandry. So, I mean, there's I no foundation for any of this. And in like, either book. And like you say, as a history teacher, you'd have thought she'd have broadened her uh, yeah. scope and her Ex vision of it. But, exactly. Yeah. So her entire justification of Joseph Smith's polyandry is based on supposition and myths, stories that have been made up, which confirm something Paul the Apostle wrote. Yeah, a couple of quotes. First Timothy 4.7, I have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. And in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Wow. That's what they did, oh, isn't sorry. it? Second Peter yeah. 2 and 3, In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. And we, that's just what we've been reading, the stories yeah. that have been made up. That's true. That have no biblical, not even Book of Mormon foundation right. for what they're saying. Now, the remainder of her article, she comments various people um, about how wonderful and insightful Joseph Smith was with his... <laughs> 
premortal and eternal existence. And then she ends her article with this statement. Could it be that in our 21st century arrogance, in our modernist repulsion to Joseph Smith's actions, we have missed understanding who we were, who we are, and who we can become? We would submit that one day we will discover that Joseph Smith's greatest, quote, crimes are in reality a powerful testimony to the greatness of his character and understanding. So his crimes are his greatness. I mean, <laughs> his crimes are certainly a powerful testimony, but not to the greatness of his character, but to his total lack of morality and honesty and holiness and integrity. He was a false prophet. Yeah. He was a seducer of females. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing. And history, his own history, will confirm that. Now, we want to remind our viewers who believe that Joseph Smith's bad behavior was actually a good thing. God forbids polygamy yeah. and polyandry, too. And he forbids any and all forms of adultery. And God warns against calling evil good. <laughs> Isaiah 5.20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Luke eleven thirty five. Therefore be careful lest the light in you be darkness. And Luke sixteen fifteen. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And polygamy is exalted among the, the, polygamous, for the sure. polygamous and in the early Mormon well, history we're, of polygamy. we're proud of our polygamous heritage. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I was. And it's an abomination to God. They're proud of it, but it's an abomination to yeah. God. And Luke 11.35, important. Jesus said, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. Yeah. And they, they, they believe, they teach, they have the light of Christ, but they don't. And like the this other isn't. scripture we read, maybe it was yesterday or last time, but the veils over their hearts, mm -hmm. the veils over their minds, they just aren't, aren't, aren't thinking clearly. That's right. About and they truth. can't until they turn to the Lord, until they turn to the biblical Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well. Now, after her article, there's a comment section. There usually is. Yeah. And that's the section where you can't say anything bad. You can only say something <laughs> that's good. That's right. But, and we do want to share some of those comments along with our own response to those, those comments to, the, to give us a good idea of the thinking of this culture, this Mormon culture. The first one is both negative and positive. Yeah, that's a question. Is it feasible that Joseph Smith was simply wrong about polygamy and polyandry and simply was acting as a man and not a prophet? Give Joseph a break. Maybe he simply got this wrong. And as a church, we should admit he made a mistake and wasn't acting in the name of God on this one. Well, we don't need to give Joseph Smith a break, my goodness. In fact, God's already taken care of that, yeah. actually. Yeah. And the Bible, of course, is our guide for how God judges people anyway. <laughs> now, the next comment was in response to this last one that you just read. It does not seem feasible at all that this was a mistake, although I have no problem with the fallibility of prophets. If you read about the plural wives and you read what they said and the experiences they had, it is obvious it was God's will. The plural wives had confirmation from God through revelation that it was His will, and many testified to that. I do not think they got, all got it wrong. No way. Now, we believe that people can get things wrong, but we do not believe God can <laughs> or does. Yeah. 
And he is the one who instituted monogamy, who disallows adultery and fornication. And if you know the stories behind Joseph Smith's plural marriage proposals, you will find that he coerced many of them into polygamy. He said, God said, but just because someone says God claims he said something doesn't mean it's true. Joseph Smith would tell his prospects, God will destroy you if you don't submit. He would promise salvation to her and her family if she did submit. He promised glory and honor and godhood. He put them under pressure. One of the females he proposed to hesitated. She wanted to think about it. I think this was Lucy, Lucy Walker. But he told her that she only had one day to make up her mind. And then the opportunity for salvation <laughs> would be closed for her to her forever. Be damned, huh? Yeah. Now, these women were coerced. They were brainwashed. They were threatened with the wrathful God. Of course, their emotions would lead them astray. Of course. And it would, their emotions would help them accept this really odd idea of marriage. And then for some of them, there's the other side of the coin. Just think, she would be married to the prophet. The prophet. What, a, what an honor. What a privilege. Ego becomes the driving force there. Secrecy becomes powerful. And then, of course, who can say no to the prophet? Right. Most of them wouldn't dare, uh, although a few of them did and suffered <laughs> his revenge. Some of the females were really too young to make that kind of a decision yeah. to marry him as a plural wife. Eleven of his plural wives were just teenagers, and some of them admitted they didn't like it, but that must be what God wanted. Some of them were lonely because their husbands had been sent away on church missions. Emotions, fear, coercion, ego were the driving forces here, not revelation. God had already revealed his will concerning polygamy and polyandry, and it's a divine, don't do it. <laughs> it's too bad they didn't know their Bibles where God's will for marriage is revealed and recorded. They would never have submitted to Joseph Smith's schemes and coercion. And then, of course, there's a biblical warning in 1 John, which every single one of those women should have heeded. Yeah, chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And they should have tested Joseph Smith's claims. Yeah. And in Jeremiah 29, 8 and 9, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. It was a lie. And, and way back, even in Old Testament times, false prophets were out saying things that God said, yeah. some things he didn't say. And the Berean church in Acts 17, 11 says that they received the word that Paul was preaching with all eagerness, and they examined the scriptures daily to see if what he was preaching was true. Even Paul the apostle was tested. Study, yeah. You betcha. So why not Joseph Smith? So... We go on to it's too bad that the men and the women, and the men too, yeah. uh, t today who are caught up in, in the web of Joseph's polygamy, polygamy they, they didn't and don't go into their Bibles and dismiss the Mormon filter and discover what God really did say about marriage. And here's another reader response. If entering into poly polyandry is evidence of Joseph Smith Jr.'s prophetic calling, 
Why do we not see such actions from today's prophets? What an excellent question. Why aren't they reestablishing unions that existed for eons of time? I think that using Mary's relationship with God the Father as a comparison to and justification for Joseph's secret polyandrous marriages borders on blasphemy. I'm grateful that the church has never tried to rely on such an approach. Easier to just admit that Joseph may have made some missteps in his early understanding of the sealing ordinance in the same way we abandon the law of adoption. I'm sorry, the, 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 the iPad that I used for my notes it seems like it didn't want to work right now, so I'm using uh, Earl's notes. Uh, his behaviors were not missteps, like people call it. His doctrine and his marriage activities were blasphemous, totally yeah. blasphemous, and saying that God said. He mentions the law of adoption, uh, this reader, right. being abandoned, but there's no biblical law of adoption, even though early Mormonism practiced it. They, practiced, they sealed men to men, yeah. and women to men, and men to men, and women and, and uh, mothers and fathers to their children. And this, too, is just another myth, something that's not found in the Bible. God knows who's who. <laughs> we, we can do nothing to establish anything eternal uh, except to believe and tell others about the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what the true biblical gospel is. It has nothing to do with Mormonism, with marriage, or with polygamy. Now, one more reader comment. There is no evidence that Joseph ever lived with these women or had any children with them, only that they were sealed. A sealing in and of itself is not an action that could be immoral. It is simply an opportunity to receive eternal blessings. And there is evidence that Joseph Smith lived with and had sex with his plural wives and his polyandrous wives. No children have yet been discovered, but if you read Todd Compton's book in Sacred Loneliness, there is evidence that he did have sex with many of the women that he was married, even the married women. But then again, the Book of Mormon established that the only reason for polygamy is, is to, to have, have children. children. <laughs> so that can't be a very good um, excuse anyway. And we end with this caution especially for those like the author of this article claiming that they take the Bible literally, we have a couple of verses that definitely needs to be taken literally. From Deuteronomy 22:22, If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die, the man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge this evil from Israel. And from Romans 7, 2, and 3, for a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. And so we end with the question that we started with. Yeah. It isn't why did God command polyandry, but did God command Joseph Smith <laughs> to live polyandry? And the answer is no. He and didn't. It, and the Bible's teaches that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Thank you, Earl. You bet. Yeah. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. 
Contrary to Paul's purpose, polygamy groups proclaim themselves as the way to God, and the Mormon Church does the same thing. They teach that salvation is through them alone and by living plural marriage. But the Apostle Paul proclaimed Jesus alone, not himself, not any church or any person as having the keys to the secret of salvation, as polygamists call it. Reading the New Testament, we find that writers lifted up Jesus as Lord and nothing or no one else helps Jesus save sinners. Even John the Baptist said, he must become more and I must become less. It's by the gift of God's grace we're saved through faith, not works, so that no one will have anything to boast about. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he never preached polygamy. Thank you, Earl. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.